1: I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Match Day. It's where medical students find out where they'll be doing their residencies. And it can be a festive affair with schools hosting ceremonies for students and their families. Last Friday was Match Day, and we recently checked in with a couple of students to learn about the challenges that some Black and Latino students face on their journey to get MDs. And what happens next for them? Our guests are Jordan Cisneros and Sharice Hall from Rush Medical College. First, congratulations to you both on matching in a position. Thank you. Huge deal, right? What was it yeah. like, Jordan, going, going through the process?
2: Oh, my I mean, goodness. I imagine it being
1: <laughs> stressful. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, just the process leading up to Match Day, you know, all the dedication, sacrifice, going to school undergrad doing the post baccalaureate program and then you know taking a non-traditional route to get to that point was really the culmination of all the hard work and dedication and it was just an incredible experience to get that envelope open it and see my baby son who's now you know nine months going on ten months tomorrow and my beautiful wife oh, in the room with me so an incredible wonderful. experience yeah that
1: is wonderful Cherise, how was it for you um, I I mean same uh, I'm a non-traditional myself
3: I took four or five years off of work <laughs> This for uh, the experience, um, and also for a year to take care of my mom when she got sick. So I had my mom there with me, and I don't know. It was that was might have been a bigger deal than graduation. Actually, was I did it and I got a job and yeah. I got accepted. Um, so. Very big deal. Very good
1: day. Yes, yeah, so you push, push through a lot of obstacles for sure. Um, I touched mm-hmm. on this, Jordan, but can you just briefly explain this process for those listening? Uh, do you all open letters at the same time? Like, what does it
2: look like? <laughs> to be frank, it's actually quite the cruel process because all of us create a ranked list in which we put our place of desire specialty and where we hope to be location-wise. Uh, then at the same time, uh, you know, everybody gets an envelope that has the contents, or the contents are quite literally where they're going to be for the next four plus years, open that letter at the same time. And while there's a lot of excitement and joy, there's also a lot of disappointment in the room as well. So it's this mm. really interesting dichotomy. At least that's what I experienced.
1: Well, I got to ask, where did you get accepted to?
2: I was fortunate to be on the side of getting my number one, which is going to be in the combination of medicine and pediatrics at the University of Colorado, which I'm extremely ecstatic and excited to uh, go into very soon.
1: That's incredible. Cherise, how about you? What residency program are you going to?
3: Oh, I'm going to be at the great UIC, right across the street from Russia, Yes, uh, which is actually also she home. my number one. So actually, I feel very honored to have gotten so high on my list, honestly, and I'm and to be a program that actually correlates to a lot of my values, which was very important, especially at the changing climate of our country all the time. Mm,
1: that's wonderful. You, you made it through medical school during, you know, as Sharice brought up, she went through a lot of things personally. Um, you also were doing this in the midst of a pandemic, right? Mm. Looking back on your time at Rush, talk about what moments you think defined your time in medical school. You first, Jordan.
2: Well, for me, as you mentioned, the pandemic, I had a very difficult time because I lost my father to COVID-19 oh, um, during my second so year of medical sorry. school. Yeah, thanks. And um, it's very difficult mm. to be a medical student alone without, you know, under ordinary circumstances to, to be in that situation. Yeah. Um, it really propelled me and compelled me to do my absolute best and to honor him. So up until that point, I really struggled with some of my identity of being a URM student, an underrepresented minority student. Dealt with imposter syndrome, this feeling like I wasn't belonging or supposed to be there. Mm. But when he had passed, uh, for some reason, that pain and that, that that anguish kind of passed along with him. And I just did everything I had to do to be successful. And I hope I honored him and my mother and my family through all oh, that you dedication.
1: Did. You you, I'm. There's no doubt that you did. Yeah. There's no doubt that he's watching and and he's proud.
2: Yeah, appreciate it.
1: Sharice, what, what moments would you say defined your time in med school? I mean, you talked about taking know. that gap, right? You know, your mother being ill. Uh, what yeah. else was going on?
3: I I mean, <laughs> Jordan knows. Actually, Jordan and I are actually <laughs> fairly close. Pretty but, close. Um, and, yeah, I was going to say, and actually a lot of similarities. Jordan, your dad passed. And I remember telling you about later when my father passed. Yeah. Not from COVID, but... Um, from a cancer, and it wasn't even unanticipated, and it still hit really hard. And that was December 2021. 20, and I remember being on my surgical rotation, which is extremely – anyway, just very time-consuming. Yeah. And um, I would say losing my last the last father figure, I have my life really kind of nailed to the – put the nail in the coffin that, like, I have very limited time. Um, And I would say that really defined my – I don't know, really from my experience. Um, Outside of that, all the opportunities I got at Rush, I don't want to make it sound all doom and gloom. I just think that losing people close to you really does, especially during a pandemic, especially when I had to be away from them. I hadn't seen him in forever. And, you know, and even things with my mom, she's been doing okay, but I had to stay away from her for a year because we didn't have a vaccine. I see. You know, like it's, it's, I think it's, yeah, there's things like that that, I I would say really define my experience here, and my experience and how I relate to my patients and how, you know, um, I go about caring for them and realizing the things that they're going through when they leave my office.
1: So Let's just say this is a time neither of you will ever forget, right? right? Um, Mm -hmm. You're entering this field where there aren't a ton of black or Latino doctors. Less than 6% are black, only about 7% are Latino. That's according to, to data from the Pew Research Center. You mentioned an acronym, Jordan, a few moments ago that I hadn't heard before. You said URM? Yeah, exactly. Um, what is it defined as?
2: So essentially it's folks that are underrepresented minorities in medicine. So some of the things that you alluded to, but also socioeconomic uh, factors, really sociocultural factors.
1: Yeah. So from your experiences so far, what do you think it means to patients to see a doctor that looks like them and that shares similar experiences?
2: Oh, I love it. And I know that they love it too, because when you walk in the room and you see a patient that looks like you, there's almost a sense of shock, as if it's a unicorn in the room, as if they've never seen it. And then there's this moment where you tell them, I will be your provider. And there's this sense of relief that you can feel it. It's hard to explain it, but it's definitely a feeling that you get. And while it's exciting to be on the provider side of that, I think it also is shocking because you realize how many times has this patient walked into a room And felt like they weren't heard, Mm -hmm. felt like the provider wasn't uh, paying attention to who they were holistically as a person. So, albeit while it feels great to have that experience for myself when I walk in the room and the patient sees me and can identify with me just based off of our interaction of how we look, it is hard to know that that's built off of perhaps maybe some difficult and racism past in medicine.
1: Charisse, can you you relate? How has it been for you being a, a black woman pursuing this field?
3: Um, I mean, I feel like it's been really rewarding, but it also has opened me opened my eyes to a lot of the challenges that communities face. I mean, I grew up in a very urban core of Kansas City, so I was already very aware <laughs> of the challenges faced um, by black communities and the lack of representation in medicine, but I think being on the other side of that um, has really enlighten me, but it's also led to some really positive experiences, like being on an all-black female team, in like OB-GYN, for instance, and getting to treat a black female patient, mm-hmm. and her being like, you know, my opinion is black, and my resident is black, and I'm, you know, and I'm not saying that to be like, we're the only ones that can treat this patient, right. but the fact that we can provide that comfort to her, and that she knows that, and that she and tells me that, you know, especially during really sensitive exams and past trauma victims, like there's, I think there's a lot of you know, weight and power in that, and yeah. people being able to see themselves in you. Because personally, I didn't see—I didn't see a black, a, a black woman doctor until I want to say until I got actually until I got the year before I got to Rush. Wow. You know, like the last provider I had before I came here, and that was when I was in my late twenties. Yeah,
1: same. And then, I, I hadn't seen one the, until my late twenties either.
3: Yeah, and the, and the only black doctor I knew was the one primary care physician in Kansas City when I was growing up. The, the wow. only one he treated. Everyone. Wow. Because no, Wow. You could, you so I mean, like, and he passed when I was in college, so I mean, like, it's very, mm. it's very few and far between, I think. Um, and so, I don't know, it's, it's great being part of the legacy, it's great giving care to patients, it's great providing comfort to patients, Yeah, um, and being able to kind of, I don't know, be a role model for others coming yeah. up, because
1: I definitely needed that. Speaking of legacies, I know, Jordan, you're a first-generation student.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So uh, first generation in this country. Uh, My father was an immigrant from Mexico, uh, first to graduate college and medical school.
1: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you are just tuning in, we are talking about how Match Day went. And that is when med students are matched with residencies across the country. We're also talking about a need for more diversity in the field with two Chicago med students who are fresh off of Match Day. That's Jordan Cisneros and Sharice Hall. So in your view, Jordan, the biggest obstacles facing medical students of color and first-generation students like yourself?
2: I have a personal anecdote to share that I think highlights this very well. Um, You know, we do the same things to get into medical school as any of our peers. We go to college, we take the MCAT, we apply and get to medical school, we really get put through the ringer. I remember my first week at orientation, I had been given a full tuition scholarship because of the recognition that I brought, you know, Rush recognized what I brought to the table. Mm -hmm. And my peer, who was a non-student of color, looked at me and asked me if I received that scholarship because I was a minority. (laughs) In a country where I hope there's meritocracy and I hope hard work speaks louder than the color of your skin, I realized that today that's sometimes still not the case. So, you know, that was very difficult. And I thought that that would go away with one interaction. But you see through the interwebs and throughout, people sometimes think that we get this privileges simply because, you know, there's some magic that needs to be checked. Exactly. And that's not the case. We're just as capable. We're just as worthy. And I hope through me being commencement speaker and the things that I've accomplished that people will see it doesn't matter where you come from. We're just as worthy. We're just as capable and we can do it.
1: Cherise, the rate of attrition or students leaving med school, that's not often discussed by med schools with prospective students, right? So what is your experience of that side of the field? Like, did you see people that you entered with not make it through?
3: Yes, I would say from our year, and I mean, Jordan, I feel like yeah. we could, we could, anyway.
1: <laughs> you day, you, you got I, stories.
3: I feel, <laughs> I feel like, you know, but I mean, that's people's personal journey, but I right. will say it happened significantly more within minority populations or students coming from um, lower socioeconomic status, but also black and brown communities. And I will say, yeah, I mean, the majority of the people I know that had to take extended leave of absence at, yeah. that I have not seen since our first year, yeah. those people were black. Those people were Latino. Yeah. So I think, like, I'm not saying that it just it's, it's a harder field to get into, and then it's an easier field to be excluded from. And I think
0: yeah.
3: that it bears weight throughout the process from our first year on. Jordan, I mean, we know. And I can even think of close friends and how they've struggled, and a lot, a lot of that is sure. It's medical school; it's very hard. But those people still were able to get here. They mm-hmm. still were able to pass their exams. So there are other factors at play. There, I'm not any smarter than them because I made it to the end. Yeah. It's. It's it, there. Really, are a lot of other factors at play, and it, it largely affects those communities. Um, but in general, the attrition rate at any medical school could be crazy high. I would argue that Rush might have fared better than some schools, even in, this, in the in the current area, just yeah. with COVID alone. And we still lost a you know good good chunk of people. So mm. it yeah you
1: know well. Despite all of that, you you both you went on beyond the classroom. You became leaders among your peers in different organizations. Jordan, you formed together we thrive. Quickly, what did what does your group do?
2: Yeah, so like some of the things Teresa alluded to, I saw the poor attrition rate amongst Black and Brown students, um, Asian students as well, just students of color in general, and I realized that a lot of this besides. Being you know academically inclined, medicine is a difficult field to navigate when it comes to vernacular and how you carry yourself in the professional setting. something that i wasn 't exposed to growing up, and I know a lot of my first gen peers weren 't exposed to so I created this organization to create a network of students and attendees and residents who can come together and meet and have very important discussions about how we can navigate perhaps the hidden curriculum or the things that we don 't get from a textbook in medical school. Mm. That's been an extreme success. I actually was awarded uh, the United States Public Service Award um, for this organization. it was a big honor. Um, But, you know, I don't do these things to get recognition. I do them because I think it's the right thing to do. We should stand up and advocate for my communities. And as long as somebody else gets through medical school because they got the help, then to me that was the victory.
1: Yeah, and and advocating. That's what Sharice is doing too. Sharice, you you collaborated with Task Force Chicago. That's a a Cicero-based organization serving LGBTQ plus Youth on the Southwest Side. I mean, you're staying at UIC. Do you, do you see yourself continuing that work with Chicago's queer youth?
3: Oh, I mean, I would love to. Actually, I had a I have a schedule of sessions I was I'm supposed to do, and we're about halfway through. Okay, um, and I had timed it to when I would leave the city, <laughs> like <laughs> when I would have to physically cut my lease and moon lease. leave. Um, but actually, getting UIC actually kind of allows me to extend that. The big thing about Outreach of things I've learned and that brushes allow me to really witness the sustainability. And so, my ultimate goal is something that thrives without me. And I've been blessed to start things like Dish and things that lived on without my help. And so, I would have been more than happy to have it handed it off to someone to do that work. But yeah. I think it's a great blessing to actually get to continue
1: yeah.
3: working with those communities, especially, I don't know, in Chicago, where I get a lot of access to different people's cultures yes. and experiences. I love that.
1: And Jordan, we talked about this earlier, Earlier, but you are the commencement speaker <laughs> for the Rush Medical yeah. uh, College graduating class. So how are you feeling about that? I mean, it, it's been a journey, right? And, and how is that going to uh, manifest itself in your speech? What do you have in mind?
2: I think for me, it's, you know, I want to pay homage to all the folks who have been there for me in a big part of my journey. Um, a lot of them are actually listening right now. And oh. a quick shout out of love to each of you listening um they're the ones that got me to this point and without me being able to uh for them to lend their support and me to lean on i wouldn't be in this position and that includes faculty at rush that includes people who saw something in me before i could see it in myself
1: why were you selected as the speaker you think
2: (laughs) you know i'm still trying to figure that out to be quite frank um i think it's people see the tenacity they see the hustle and they see that you know there's no quit in me there's no victim in me yeah and uh i think in a day and era where it's very difficult to show up every day when you keep getting beat down. I think people will recognize that I keep showing up when it matters, and I hope to lend some of that strength to some of my peers.
1: Speaking of peers, Sharice, I know you have some words maybe to say about your friend Jordan and, and why he was chosen.
3: Oh, I mean, I could think of a thousand reasons why I was chosen, <laughs> but I think, um, I think in general, like, same thing speaks to like having tenacity and, you know, persevering through things, but. Also stay in the course. One thing I can say about Jordan is that he stays the course. Things might come and things, you know, shake you, especially on this journey, but he will get it done. I think, you know, that's the kind of message we kind of need to hear. the kind of doctor we we need.
2: Likewise for for Sharice.
0: Likewise.
1: (laughs) All right. Jordan Cisneros and Sharice Hall, fourth year Rush medical students. Thank you both and congrats again.
2: Yeah, thank you. That
1: episode of The Reset Podcast was produced by Michael Liptrot and was edited by Linnea Dominic, Meha Ahmed and Ethan Schwab. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.